Today on the Dynasty Rewind, we talk early season strategies to avoid your slump. All that and more starting now. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host. We got Nate, the Professor Christian. Nate, what's good, man? Hey, Mike. You know, they say, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) I wish for football to be back, and very quickly, I was confused if I really (laughs) wanted it or not. (laughs) Yes. Week one, and well, by the time this is out, week two will be over, but uh, the NFL has the ability to do that to you. Also joined by Chev and Nooney. Chev, what is good, my man? I'm in the same boat. You, We were looking forward to this. It was like Christmas Day. We're all excited. We just forget this is like some gladiators out there. They're going to be fighting to the death. Somebody is not going to come out okay. And we have a few pieces missing in the NFL right now. That It's going to hurt your fantasy teams a little bit. Well, I'm predicting since this is coming out after week two, Week two was great, guys. I'm so glad that that just happened. Everything that just happened, I was happy with. It went great. My fantasy teams won. I'm glad to be here on Monday morning. Yeah. And uh, hopefully I didn't leave who's at uh, Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones on the bench again. Who would have thought they'd be the highest scorers on my team? Mac Jones and Jacoby Myers, I believe, it was on your bench. Well, it was Jacoby Myers. My bad. Forgive me. Well, Another Myers, Yeah. I don't know if Jacoby Myers is going to play in week two. I think he's concussed my yes, Mac. Regardless, let's talk about some early season strategies because you know, mine, I didn't think I'd be talking about this early in the season, but here we are. (laughs) But we got to talk about starting the season off on the right foot. We want to set ourselves up for success this year and next, so that's why these strategies are important now. And we're going to talk about how we deploy said strategies. Nate, starting with you, my friend, do I get get to talk about the the most fun strategy because we all love rookies. We all love rookies and we've been spoiled. Mm -hmm. We've been absolutely spoiled. And if you don't know that, go back and look at where dynasty drafts, what they were doing, like from 2010 to 2018. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't play dynasty back then. It was much smaller. But you look at those first round picks, you look at how those rookies played right away. It's nothing like today right now. Rookies are coming into the NFL, and they're taking off within the first couple of weeks. Um, we, we've seen it all too much with some of these wide receivers, especially, uh, taking off very early. But we've been spoiled. You need to have patience with your rookies. They're not going to all pop off week one. Not going to all pop off by week five either. You know, if you go back and look at rookies' production, a lot of times that production does not come until after the bye week. A lot of times, the first half of the season, the rookies are just trying to get up to speed with the NFL. And then the bye week comes around, and they're up to speed now. So the, the coaches are looking around, and they're like, hey, we need someone to take us to the next level. Hey, that rookie's up to speed now. Let's make him part of our game plan. And that's where we see a lot of these guys take off. So that there's a reason that a lot of rookies finish the year strong, because they don't really – break out until halfway through, except for the top, top guys who break out in the first couple of weeks. So you need to be patient with your rookies. We're going to have a variety of times when people break out. Some of them won't break out until their sophomore or third season. And that's okay. You know, those are the guys that hopefully you're, you know, stashing away on your taxi squad, but the rookies this year, we need to be patient with them. 
you know, just because they don't come out strong right away. Zach Charbonnet, you know, he's he's dealt with injury. Um, you know, he's not going to be a guy that has come out strong right away, but he's a guy that we need to keep in mind because mm-hmm. by week eight, Zach Charbonnet could be someone that we're really happy to have in our flex spot. You know, mm-hmm. we know the talent's there. Don't let the first couple weeks of the NFL, you know, change your judgment. Jonathan Mingo, he got a ton of opportunities week one, you know, didn't create fantasy points out of that, but he's got a rookie quarterback. They were, you know, they the offense hasn't gelled yet, but by the time – we get to week 10, week 12, hey, Jonathan Mingo might be Bryce Young's favorite target. I mean, he, he doesn't have a lot of competition out there, right? So, yeah. you know, we're not going to give up on these guys week one, just like we're not going to overreact too much. We got Puka Nakua out there who had incredible week one. Um, currently, as of recording on this Tuesday night before week two, uh, <laughs> I want to keep Craig Cut just to see what, what we were all feeling as a community about Puka Nakua. And he's currently going as wide receiver 37 overall right now. I mean, that kind of just blows my mind a little bit. That's that's a that's a pretty strong swing. That is over Mike Evans, Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, other rookies like Marvin Mims, Jonathan Mingo. Look, Puka Nakua might be the next Cooper Cup. I don't know. But it seems a little ignorant to think that off of one game. Let's see mm-hmm. how it plays out. If you can sell Puka Nakua right now for Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, I think that would be a wonderful deal to do. All right. Yeah. So Nate's telling us that Puka Nakua is, in fact, the next Cooper Cup. <laughs> so you can go ahead and lock that up. You know, if, if week two he came out and he put up another 10 receptions for 100-plus yards, you know what? Hold on to him. Don't sell him at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think at that point you got to hold on. See, what you got to put him in your lineup, man. For sure. I think I do have a share. I'm going to check uh, when we're done recording. So, Nate, thank you, Chef. What early season strategy are you deploying? Yeah, with Nate's strategy, I got Justin Jefferson stats his rookie year. First two games, three targets, two catches, 26 yards, and then three targets, three catches, 44 yards. So Mm -hmm. stay patient, stay with them, put them on your taxi, let them hang out. My strategy I'm going with is, you know, just finding players that have consistent roles on the waivers and don't blow your load. Nate just talked about Puka Nakua. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a decent amount of short benches. So Puka Nakua I saw is on some of these waivers. And he's going at wide receiver 36 on keep trade cut right now. If you can go acquire Puka and not just mm-hmm. blow your load, now is the time to go get him and move off of him after another big game if he has it. It looked like he plays the role of Cooper Cup in that offense with Matthew Stafford. If he continues to have another good game, I mean, this, he's going to boost up even more after this upcoming week. So I think you have to find the guys that have consistent roles. I mean, he saw double-digit targets. You know, a guy that I'm kind of staying away from, Justice Hill or Gus Edwards, I just don't trust that offense. So I'm trying to stay away from that. I don't know who is going to lead that offense. You have Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson there. He's going to be a guy that's going to be looking to probably run the football a little bit more to keep that offense on the field, keep them moving. So I'm probably staying away from that Ravens running back room. You know, I think Joshua Kelly, another guy who has opportunity in the next few weeks. He saw, I believe, 15 carries. You know, Eckler's battling with an ankle injury at this moment. He's a guy that they want to have furthered on along through the season. I can see where they maybe load management him. Sounds nasty. It sounds like the NBA, but that is where it's at. I mean, and the the NFL is just going to two running back schemes as well. 
We've seen it. It's going to keep happening. These guys have to share the back, the room at this point. And another thing I think we need to think about is, you know, these players, they're going to see multiple offensive coordinators if they're on a crappy team sometimes. And those players don't seem to produce right away. We've seen players get new offensive co- coaches, new playbooks that they have to learn. And it's a lot of younger players as well that this happens to. I think we need to focus on that a little bit more in the offseason, just to temper our expectations and maybe even move off some players if we think that could be a hindrance to them moving forward. So we'll see what happens. But I think just relaxing a little bit, focusing on the players that you're actually picking up and the players that are actually going to give you fancy points and consistency and that are going to gain more value throughout the season. All right. Love it. Uh, Now we're going to take a moment and hear a word from our sponsors. Thinking about which rookies to target in your fantasy football draft? Look no further than the NFL Mock Draft Database. We are your home for all things NFL Mock Drafts by sourcing experts and analysts from all over the internet. NFL Mock Draft Database also offers users an ever-changing consensus player rankings to keep you informed on the incoming draft class as you build your dynasty team. Think you have what it takes to be a GM in the NFL? Give our free NFL Mock Draft Simulator a spin, which offers many features such as pick trading, historical draft years, and more. Join us at www.nflmockdraftdatabase.com or follow us on X at underscore mock drafts. All right, so I didn't want to have to talk about this so early in the season, but this is where we're at, man. It's how it goes. Talking about injury management, normally I would hope to wait until at least week four or five to have to really have some concerns. And this is where depth comes into play as well. Depth is one of the most important pieces to fantasy football. You know, you have to set a roster from now until roughly January-ish. So you have to know, do you need to make any moves? No panic moves please no panicking or is my team deep enough to compete so i've been pretty lucky so far with the the moves that i've had to make have just been a couple places i had to elevate luke musgrave off the taxi squad because you know i have a lot of greg dulcich i've been a dulcich fan Mm -hmm. since before he uh was drafted by the denver broncos and i'm a big musgrave guy too so he's had a good week one Mm -hmm. throw him right in there there's not really a ton out on the waiver wire um, you know, do I have any injuries that I think are going to overlap with bye weeks? So things that you have to think about as well. You know, this is assuming a worst case scenario. By the way, bye weeks do run weeks five through 14. However, there's no bye weeks, no teams on bye weeks in weeks eight and 12. I don't understand why they do it like that. If there's international games by chance. When is the? I saw one that was coming up. I think in a few weeks, like nine thirty a.m. So, Chev, you're gonna have to get up way earlier than oh, you probably want to on a Sunday. The sun, or for the sun comes up, man, I'll be ready. Yeah. yeah. Um. So putting this into practice, it's kind of multifaceted. I'm not only looking for value trades. You know, maybe a guy like Puka Nakua, if I think he's gonna help me for a few weeks mm-hmm. till Cooper Cup comes back. Hopefully, he has a clunker of a game, and then you can go out and maybe buy on a little bit of a dip. But you got to come the waiver wire for any sort of upgrades or even handcuffs, guys like that. One thing that I've started to do is as soon as the Monday night games are over, well, I'm in bed by the time the Monday night games over, but I start setting my lineups on Tuesday morning. And I think that gives you a really good gauge on what does my team actually look like? 
So I started doing with roster views as well when we do those, payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. If you'd like one, um, I do a starting lineup to see what the lineup looks like because just thinking about, okay, this player is out. How does that affect your lineup? You know, that's important right now. Like I said, we'd set these lineups until January. So I want to see how it affects my lineup, what I can do to make my lineup better. Um, running backs are always going to be a hot commodity on the waiver wire. Running backs get hurt a lot too, although Brees Hall apparently don't tell him that it takes a while to come back from an injury. Shout like that. out sports medicine. Seriously. Seriously. That's what I, yeah. I should have done that. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, manage your injuries. These are really important things to look at right now. Like you said, I didn't want it to do it this early in the season, but here we are. Here we are. It's hard Very times in the streets, man. <laughs> yeah. But football's back. We're still excited about that. Yeah, I'm you excited. Can't be real too sad. Nah. I'm excited. There's players right. on the waivers, baby. We can Ooh, keep them. Moving. Yeah, we got keep depth. Hey, worst comes to worst, we start bringing up those XFL players, and we know we love those. Ooh, Ooh come on. You know, I love me some XFL players. Well, Michael Pierbrine is going to be starting somewhere this year. <laughs> Kansas City. Isn't that where, wasn't you that where what, he was man? at? Stranger well, things have happened. Yep. For That'd sure. All right. So just uh, one question for you guys. What are the best strategies for trading for future draft capital during the season? If you're a rebuilding team, if you're a competitive team, what kind of strategies do you deploy? Deploy is the word mm-hmm. of the podcast. Nate, what about you? What are you doing here if you want to get some future draft capital? I feel like it's going to be very different in each scenario, but what are you doing? Yeah, you know, I'll take I'll take the competitive side. Chef, you want the rebuilding side? Sure. So as a competitive side, it kind of seems counterproductive or counterintuitive maybe to go out there and acquire future draft capital in season because obviously you're focused on this season, right? You know, you don't need to be giving up assets for the future. But, hey, this is Dynasty. This is not redraft. We want to make sure that we have, you know, some ammo to refill our position, to retool every single year, bring in that young blood, bring in that depth. Um, you know, as a competitive team, we might not have our first. We might have given up our first to make sure that we are the contending team, mm-hmm. which means we don't have a first-round pick. Now, do we go out there and get another first-round pick? That's difficult, man. It's difficult in the, in, to get first-round picks these days because people understand the value of first-round pick. And even as a late first, it's hard to go out there and acquire a late first if it's on a team that is already looking towards the future. So mm-hmm. as a competitive team, you know, without giving up a ton of current production, if you're trying to go acquire future draft capital, it's best to go out there and look at second-round picks, third-round picks, because – Hopefully you're a competitive team. You already have those top players in your starting lineup that fit your two or three year window. You need to make sure you're just constantly churning through the bottom of your roster, making sure that you're creating good depth year in and year out. That way, when you have some of those injuries come up, you have that depth to pull into your starting roster. You have a bunch of those second round picks where you've been able to pick up players that have been able to make an impact. You know, maybe they're not the studs that you need in your lineup, but you're a competitive team. You already have those guys. Go out there, try to acquire some seconds, flip some of those guys from the waivers, flip some of your depth that you don't necessarily believe in for future second round picks to continue to bring in some new depth. I think that's a really great way to look at future draft capital as a competitive team. Beautiful. Chev, what are you doing as a rebuilder here? Yeah, and it can be hard as a competitive team because trading where you're first now, people, it's going to be easier now, I think, because if you're a competitive team and you're the top team in the league, they know that pick's going to be late. So I think it, it's a lot easier to trade the pick away now, in my opinion, because if, if I'm in first or second, people are not going to really want that pick as highly as maybe now. Mm-hmm. They don't maybe not know 
what you're doing. So, you know, for rebuilding, I think it's okay to wait a little bit to wait till these players pop off. We have to sell these guys at the right value. If you're rebuilding, you're really not trying to win anyways. If these players are sucking, you can leave them on your team and continue to maybe the tank a little bit. But I, I like waiting a little bit to the, the trade deadlines a little bit closer when people start to f- get a little scared because their players are getting injured. And now when the depth starts to get a little bit less, that's when I like to trade these players away because these, these other managers, they like to overpay now because they think they can win the championship. I'm trying to target guys that maybe aren't the, the top competitive team. Maybe they're the third or fourth competitive team and they think they maybe have a chance. I'm looking to gain those picks because those mm-hmm. picks are going to be higher in my or lower in my opinion, and it's going to give me better value when that pick turns into an actual number at that point. So I am looking to find ways to trade these guys when their value is the highest. And Drake London is a guy that had one or he, one target last week. Now is not the time to trade. You, I mean, that's a guy maybe you as a rebuilding team look to go get because maybe these contenders are a little bit scared if they have them. He's 22 years old. Same thing with Kyle Pitts, 22 years old. A lot of football left in their in their young careers. So I don't know. I'm a guy that likes to wait until it's closer to the trade deadline. That way these, these competitive teams are squirming a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think it just makes a little bit more sense at that point. All right, there you go. That is how you acquire draft capital as both a rebuilder and a competitive team. Guys, anything else to add before we head on out? I think that's good. Put the pressure on the competitive teams. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to do, man. Pressure's always on when you're trying to be the best. Thank you for listening, everybody. We will see you next time.